You're listening to the Homegrown Faith Podcast. I'm Joe Clark, and I'm chatting with my fellow pastor and friend, Richard Sweatman, about God, the Bible, and life lived growing our faith in Jesus. This podcast is coming to you from Hunter Bible Church in Newcastle. Good afternoon, Joe Clark. Great to be chatting with you here on Homegrown Faith. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm well, thank you, Richard Sweatman. How are you doing? Yeah, good, good, and I've uh, even better for having discovered a, a, a new interest. It's um, well, you, newish, I suppose. You and I have talked about cleaning on this podcast um, in you different do times. Do like to clean, yes. But um, I got some uh, recent inspiration uh, from a, um, a a a video, a show, a documentary about cleaning in Kyoto. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's classic me. I'm sorry, but from NHK <laughs> World. Yeah, NHK World is the uh, is, is the producer at the Power of Cleaning Daily Habits for the Heart and Soul, and um, this uh, <laughs> this included great quotes such as um, "Anyone can clean the middle of a room, only it takes real care to devote time to the corners." So, yeah, profound, um, and it was a bit good. <laughs> and uh, I, I've decided to pursue, you know, whether when I see dust was something like on a ceiling fan or, or in a light fitting or um, rather just walking past it, I've decided to to Im- Im- give time and attention to those spaces. So I've been, um, yeah, finding myself um, enjoying and uh, relaxing with dusting and cleaning in those ways. <laughs> you know what? The way you're talking about cleaning right now, it's been turned into a noble art form. Oh, it is. Yeah, that's the whole idea with this. Um, like in this documentary, you meet a broom maker who makes a traditional sort of bark and and timber broom going back four hundred years. And, um, <laughs> these particular brooms is is how you approach. Uh, and so, yeah, that's that's what's taken it above and beyond. Just yeah, the the, the depressing kind of cleaning. And it's yeah, true, okay. Joe. There has been some procrastinate cleaning. I have to admit, um, <laughs> procrastinate cleaning. That's good. But I'll just ride this wave, you know. And um, if I if I lose, yeah, lose the enthusiasm, that's fine. But for now, um, I've walked past my ceiling fans and thought, no, it's so nice to just have the dust off those. And yeah. Okay, uh, so my one question thinking. has to be asked then: When you see the dust on the ceiling fans, are you literally like, quick, drop the meal preparation? I'm doing the ceiling fans. Like, when do you actually do them from when you notice them? Because I would look at my ceiling fan fins. I've looked at them probably three or four <laughs> times in the last two or three weeks and thought, oh, they're looking dirty. I should wipe them down. Um, but yes. you know what I mean? Like, when do you actually drop everything else? Probably if I'm about to embark on an emotionally and intellectually taxing <laughs> task, that'll be an excellent time to think, oh, let's just, <laughs> let's, let's just tackle that dust and then, then I'll feel better and 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 maybe then I'll approach my emotionally and intellectually demanding task. So that's, that's I'm identifying approach. with you, mate. <laughs> the noble art yes. of cleaning. Oh, yes. that sounds fun. So, um, don't know, enjoying that. Uh, but uh, yeah, Joe, how about you? Well, I just need to set the scene. Imagine this. My mum has come down from Queensland to visit me. I love having her visit. Um, we've had a lovely day. I've done some gardening. She's helped me with that. We've taken the dog to the beach. We've picked up what I consider to be the most superior dessert in Newcastle, which is a triple chocolate fudge cake from Europatisserie. It is next oh, level. Wow. I haven't tried it. Yeah. Anyway, we're sitting on the back deck, which is newly constructed in chairs that used to be on the farm that I've done up. It is. We're set up for this beautiful, beautiful moment. Yeah, yeah. Next minute, we're 
indulging in the cake. I look across and there is this huge kookaburra swooping my mum. Oh, no. (laughs) Fortunately, he got no cake. That's important to know. But he did freak us out a little bit and I did get up and get a pole to whack him if he came back again. But here's the crazy thing. This kookaburra is a repeat offender on my deck. So my builder has lost a muffin. My painter also lost some kind of baked good. He's obviously very aware of snatching. Yeah. And I have to say, the triple chocolate fudge cake, if he'd taken it, it would have been a step too far. But now I'm in a quandary because I'm wanting to use the deck now. It's almost done, ready. Mm. And I'm going to have a kookaburra there. He's a native species, protected, I'm guessing. Yeah. But I don't want him near my deck. Anyway, thoughts, (laughs) advice, words of affirmation. (laughs) That's happened to us when when Andy was a baby. Jen put him out on our deck with a with a cookie and went and did some you know, some housework. And then she heard this horrendous scream and uh, ran outside. And there was this little baby, Andy, weeping uncontrollably and sitting on the deck on the rail, like a few meters away, was a kookaburra holding the, the cookie. Cookie. <laughs> so, you know, very traumatic, this bully kookaburra robbing the baby of its cookie. So, oh, yeah, that it, is, this is a thing with kookaburras. That's even worse than the triple chocolate fudge cake, which was <laughs> pretty – it was near disaster because this is a special cake. Like, you do not get this every no. day or even no. every month. I say, <sighs> you and this kookaburra, you're going to be f- frenemies for life. Yeah. I mean, I did picture grabbing a tennis racket and having it on the ready, and I thought, that's a little violent. <laughs> Yeah, tennis racket, maybe a, maybe a water pistol, get yourself a super soaker. Ooh, um, good idea. That, that's, I also that's just have get... a, I also have an excellent garden hose on the back deck with a gun on it, like a <laughs> yeah, spray gun. I think, I think that's not going to harm the wildlife. Yeah. No, no, just, just, just it, I'll right. put it on the sprinkle, I'll put it on the sprinkle setting rather than the, the, the power setting. <laughs> the jet. <Yeah>. The jet. <laughs> anyway, we should talk about the word of the Lord. <laughs> Yes, yes. Um, I was uh, glad uh, glad you kept managed to keep your cake. But yes, we are. Uh, I've been reading um, one Corinthians. Um, mm. Yep, digging closer. And actually, I shared that two weeks ago. I think with um, uh, you mm. listeners uh, about something I'd noticed in one Corinthians, and and just you know, chipping along a bit further in one Corinthians twelve, I noticed just this uh, this neat stuff about the body of Christ and the way God has put it together. So we're looking at one Corinthians twelve. Um, sort of verse 15 but also verse 21 so verse 15 says now if the foot should say because i am not a hand i do not belong to the body it would not for that reason stop being part of the body uh, so that's one case picture there foot i mean this is vivid language uh, foot mm. talking about the hand uh, and then verse 21 the heart the eye cannot say to the hand i don't need you and the head cannot say to the feet i don't need you that's verse 21 so in that case it's the eye or the head speaking down to to the feet or the the uh the hands uh and what i've noticed is is just there's this little pattern of the the perhaps the weaker parts of the body or the less glamorous part of the body or the less honorable um saying i i don't belong uh, but then the more honorable glamorous prominent parts of the body saying i don't need you and uh, the paragraph of fifteen to twenty kind of addresses that 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 false thinking of I'm I don't belong, 
and 21 to 26 uh, addressing that thing of I don't need that other part of the body. Hmm. And so I just got thinking how that's that's quite a, a neat symmetry that covers a wide range of church life experience, hmm. um, whether with no matter what end we're on or different times and places or the conversations we're having uh, we're having. Um, but this part of the Bible really addresses that very clearly by saying, um, if uh, for for anyone who doesn't belong, well, no, God has arranged things how they should be. He wants mm. you in the body just as uh, He has planned. Um, it's a body, not not a uniform collection of of hands. Mm. Uh, so it's encouragement for anyone on that I'm not belonging kind of feel. And on the other hand, for the I don't need you one. Well, that's that's a real rebuke. If there's any uh, any moment in our hearts where we started to think, well, that's someone I don't really need in church. Uh, it's all just horrendous even to say those words, but that's that's what um, one Corinthians twelve puts puts its finger on. Um, um, that says, no, no, those those parts that that seem weaker, they're actually indispensable. They deserve greater honour. They uh, they're not something to be embarrassed about. This part special modesty uh, because again God has put it together um, and his his purpose is unity um, unity with the diversity of the body mm. so oh, yeah that's got me thinking a lot and um, I think there's uh, there's some very helpful stuff in there mm. it's such a beautiful message isn't it of of inclusivity and the need we have for each other mm. Mm. What, how does it apply, do you reckon, for you as you think? Were you thinking more about church or your own life, or? Yeah, I think um, well, it's mostly church. Although, yeah, in in church, there's there's various um, teams and and uh, and people groups and and so on. But yeah, mostly about church and just uh, I've been challenged to be yeah extra thankful for people mm-hmm. um, to be more comfortable with diversity. Um, and to relax a little bit that God is building this church the way mm. he wants it built. So, mm. um, and the case when visiting other churches as well. So, mm. um, yeah, it's a kind of, this is a, addressing our heart kind of stuff here. So mm. yeah, that's mm. what I'm finding helpful. Yeah. It makes me think of, um, as you were talking, I was thinking about Jesus, how he, welcomes little children and how he eats with tax collectors and sinners and yeah um, good point he he models this amazing um love for people where he just is on about showing himself as merciful and the way to be saved and the way mm. to hear about god's about god and to know the truth and um mm, yeah, he Jesus models this lives us out perfectly yeah 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 so mm. no so 1 corinthians 12 yep Lots of it's a, it's a chapter I thought I was super familiar with, but it's mm. it's it's paid off <laughs> going yeah. going to read and think over again. So yeah, hopefully that's uh, other people can be encouraged to keep going over familiar parts of the Bible as well. Yeah, such an um, incisive commentary on the how our hearts can go away go astray mm. too. Hey, those two mm. different contrasting ideas. Mm. Yeah. Well, um, I haven't had much time to do book reading, so I just thought I'd keep talking about the Psalms because I'm quite enjoying it. Um, yeah, sure. And, Today I'm talking about Psalm 97 and okay. there's one thing that I find interesting about the Psalm 97, which we're not going to spend much time on, and then another thing that I want to spend a little bit more time on. 
So the first thing, it seems to me that the theme of Psalm 97 is rejoicing and giving praise to the Lord instead of idols. idols. And mm-hmm. it's interesting because in verse 5, it talks about the mountains melting like wax before the Lord, before the Lord of all the earth. And it, there's all this other imagery at the start about the Lord's reign over creation. Mm-hmm. Um, and this image of the mountains melting like wax, I tried to picture it in my head. And there are mountains in front of my eyes as I was picturing it. Mm. And it is so unfathomable to think about that much power. And and so I really was, it did make me think, whoa, God is powerful. Um, yeah. But then I think the psalm sharpens and it says in verse 9, For you, Lord, are the most high over all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. Let those who love the Lord hate evil, for he guards the life of his, his faithful ones and delivers them from the hand of the wicked. Light shines on the righteous and joy on the upright in heart. Rejoice in the Lord, you who are righteous. Praise his holy name. So that was a few verses, and it's got this beautiful theme of rejoicing in the Lord and being um, loved and preserved by the Lord. But the thing that really stood out to me was verse 11, light shines on the righteous. And my mind immediately went to Jesus as the light of the world, and we are imputed with his righteousness out of God's, the Father's choosing to have mercy on us, God the Son um, being righteous, coming and being the sacrifice we needed, and then the Holy Spirit coming to make his home in us. And and I just was like, wow, yes. Psalm 97, as you read it as a Christian, you see the creation stuff, mm. which is just amazing. And then it sharpens when you see Jesus and the light shining in the on the righteous um, that and the joy in the that you that comes from that in that verse it just was really nice moment to think about jesus yeah yeah no i think that's a great reflection on psalm 97 yeah like Mm. you say there's a lot of creation stuff there and Mm. creation you you do think about light there um sort of Mm. that bit there be light kind of thing but Mm. yeah that theme of light um yeah heads towards the jesus the light of the world the gospel light Mm. That mm-hmm. new work of creation in our hearts, and that's yeah, we see like a a link here in mm. Psalm ninety ninety seven, looking back mm. to Genesis one, but also looking ahead to uh, yeah, uh, John chapter one or, mm. or and other places. Yeah, mm. it made me wonder for the people who who are reading the Psalms pre Jesus, whether they felt the fulfillment of this Psalm already, or only in its like what only ever seeing it as a something they were waiting for. It made me think, no, they would have known God's goodness because they they had been given his law, they had been told and shown his love. Mm. Um, his righteousness was already on show. And so what we see as Christians, um, they were hoping for to see in a more full way, but absolutely yeah. saw God's light in the world earlier. And, you know, his messengers spoke of how good he was and uh, he is, I should say, and yeah, but it was uh, got it got me thinking about what does this psalm look like for someone who was living four hundred years before Jesus, or what, you know, at that time it would have been a difficult time to be living. But you know, <laughs> yeah, um, how do you how does this look? But it was it was an enjoyable psalm to read. I think I really liked it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's interesting. Um, we only get a few clues about what it would be like to read God's word um, there as an, an Israelite before the coming mm. of the gospel, um, mm. but. Um, yeah, they, these these the familiar categories of, of light and up being mm-hmm. upright heart familiar 
to them, righteousness familiar to them, um, mm. always a sort of a flawed righteousness and, and um, mm. yeah, very grace dependent or, or de- mm. dependent on God's mercy in the through this, the sacrificial system and things. But mm. it would, yeah, it's definitely got like a forward looking thing or a, a hope. Yeah. yeah, it's a future directed hope kind of thing. Mm. 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 Yeah, I agree. And it's interesting these psalms like they have so many common themes. It you could it feels really similar to psalms you know that you read earlier in the psalms in the first yeah. 10 to 20 psalms. Yeah. And it, and there was a temptation I felt the other day to think, "Oh, what's the point?" But mm. I think the point is that God actually deserves 150 psalms worth of praise, you know? Yeah. Like, that's not too many psalms to praise God with. <laughs> so that's no. been good for me to learn as I've hit the you know, the high 90s. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because um, that, Psalm 96 is Sing to the Lord, a new song, which we, you know, that song from the, the 90s mm. we used to sing. And and so that was good for me to be thinking, yeah, that's right. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. This is this is worth spending my time reading. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, there's a there's a rightness to the volume of, of Psalms. Um, yeah. And, um, but uh, yeah, even so, in some ways, the Bible's quite a brief book, um, other religious yeah. systems have crazy number of volumes buddhism hinduism yeah. um different uh, things coming out of um yeah judaism uh yeah. but uh the bible is a pretty it's neat a and tidy you know th- thousand pages or so and, uh, yeah the commentaries come and go but none of the commentaries has received sort of s- sacred value that's right um, so uh yeah at some points it, yeah there is a lot here to read but in other points this Not is really. a pretty <laughs> punchy, pretty yeah. punchy little book. Punchy. <laughs> That's good. Oh, dear. Anyway, well, it's been well, nice to talk about Bible Bible. Yeah, a Bible double as well as some oh. uh, kookaburra stories and, <laughs> and some cleaning and dusting on my part. Um, <laughs> I'll send you a link for that uh, that documentary on uh, inspiring cleaning in Japan. You I'll include that in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But um, if uh, we just, I think, love to encourage our leaders, our, our listeners to, um, yeah, um, remember to come along to church and share a great Christian conversation with people mm-hmm. at church. Um, we all, all of us need spurring on and encouragement in our walk with Jesus. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, being involved in church on Sundays is a great way to do that. Mm. Yes, definitely. Well, nice to chat to you, mate. We'll talk next week. Talk next time. Okay. Bye. Bye.